the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, August the 24th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On August 24, AD 79, long dormant Mount Vesuvius erupted, burying the Roman cities of Pompeii and Herculaneum. It's completely covered in volcanic ash. They estimated that about 20,000 people died. There's been a lot of... um, work there by archaeologists and so on that is exposed. They've dug out uh, parts of the city, and you can see where I'm told, I haven't been there, but I'm told that you can see where people were just doing whatever they were doing, at the, and they're just frozen uh, right in the act of doing what they were doing, fixing a meal or whatever. It's a quite a phenomenal sight, I'm told. Today in 1814, during the War of 1812, British forces invaded Washington, D.C., setting fire to the still under construction Capitol building, the White House, some other two or three other public buildings. They, I guess I guess Britain thought that they could burn down the buildings and sort of stop what America was doing. That didn't work out for them, of course. Today in 1912, Congress passed a measure creating the Alaska Territory, Today, in 1932, Amelia Earhart, she embarked on a 19-hour flight from Los Angeles to Newark, New Jersey. It made her the first woman to fly solo, nonstop, from coast to coast. 19 hours. I've been on some coast-to-coast flights. It felt like they were 19 hours. Today, in 1949, the North Atlantic Treaty came into force. Today, in 1954, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the Communist Control Act outlawing the Communist Party in the United States. Today in 2006, the International Astronomical Union declared that Pluto, little Pluto, was no longer a full-fledged planet. They demoted Pluto to the status of a dwarf planet. I don't know if that's been reversed or not. It seems like I heard something somewhere. At least somebody was trying to get that reversed. They felt sorry for Pluto. Today in 2020, Republicans formally nominated President Donald Trump for a second term on the opening day of a scaled-down convention, scaled down because of COVID, of course. Trump told the delegates there in Charlotte, North Carolina, he said the only way they can take this election away from us is if it's a rigged election. As you know, Trump will be arraigned in Georgia tonight, and um, he'll be booked. They'll take a mugshot and fingerprints, and then he'll be released on $200,000 bail. It is a sad set of circumstances in America. When the Democrats, some of the Democrat professors, law professors, are saying that they, they don't see the constitutional right to what the Biden people are doing to this man to destroy him, 
so they can clear the path for their own political agenda. It's very, very difficult to grasp all of that, but that's where we are in this nation. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. That tells me two things. One, God is looking out for his people, and God is in control. And both of those are biblical and true. God is in control. He's allowing certain things to happen. He is, yet he is watching over his people. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over you because his word says that he does. The Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. The debate last night was interesting. I watched all of it, and I watched all of Trump's interview with um, Tucker Carlson, or Tucker Carlson's interview with Trump. Interesting, I've got just a few comments on it. I, I don't think anything big happened last night. Some of the things that occurred to me, there's going to be a lot of, I mean, there's going to be miles of, of you know, words out there and, and uh, columns written in newspapers and online and on websites and so on <clears throat> about what happened at this uh, first debate, presidential debate for the 2024 presidential race. One of the things, that, several things occurred to me. One of the things that I just wanted to mention today was the, the New York Times says Nikki Haley won the debate. That's their view because that's the one they would pick to run against Joe Biden, I suppose, knowing that Joe Biden, the Democrats would probably defeat her. But Fox debate moderator Martha McClellan, she's a, a woman that I have heard Professor Faith in Jesus Christ. I've heard her mention that over the years of watching, seeing her on television on Fox. And so I would assume that she's a committed Christian. I mean, she says she is, and I've heard her say that. I thought it was odd, and maybe someone else most likely made that decision that she would come on the air talking about how that abortion is a losing issue. That's her words a losing issue for Republicans going into the 2024 presidential race. I suppose Fox wrote those words and she read them because that's her job. But man, that was an awful way to start a, a convention. I mean, that was the first words coming in. I'm not a big fan of Brett Baer. In fact, I'm no fan of Brett Baer. He bothers me a great deal, but I've always kind of liked her. I thought she was pretty fair in what she says, but I was shocked, honestly, that she came out with those words, or Fox came out with those words, and I understand there's people, producers, that write the script. I, I get that, but I was I was shocked by that. It's Abortion is a losing issue. Um, boy, I don't know. Mike Pence and Nikki Haley, they were going at each other over this uh, federal abortion restriction, and uh, Haley called she said, I think we need to find a consensus on abortion. Uh, and she largely claimed that a, a federal abortion limit is unrealistic. She said, we, we just aren't going to get there. We have the numbers and blah, blah, blah. Well, and again, I always kind of like Nikki Haley, but she, she lost 
me a little bit. I, I got to be honest with you last night. She made a big deal out of the fact that we need to come to a consensus on abortion. You can't come to a consensus on murder. And she should know that by now. And that's part of the problem we have in our government today. We've got too many so-called moderates. She's conservative on, on a lot of issues, or says she is. But when you start talking about coming to a consensus on abortion, like, what are you going to do? Just kill so many babies? Kill some of them that may not be fully formed or may not be as bright as someone else? I mean, how do you dis- how do you do that? There's no consensus. It's like coming to a consensus on how to come to God. There's only one way to come to God. There's only one way to deal with the issue of killing unwanted unborn babies. You can't come to a consensus on that. Say, well, I mean, we can kill, let's cut it from one million, killing one million babies down to a half a million babies. I mean, sure, if you're working toward no abortions, that's the path. But to make that the policy, that was a little alarming to me. Mike Pence, to his credit, he reacted to that, of course, and and disagreed with it, thankfully. But uh, Nikki Haley also appeared to criticize the Supreme Court for issuing the Dobbs decision last year. That was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, But anyway, that was one of my observations. Um, This Ramswamy, Vevek Ramswamy, he got a lot of attention last night. He was kind of a fireball. He was taking on everybody. I'm sure you probably, many of you saw it. I I hope you watched it. But um, he seems to be getting a lot of interest. uh, And he's he's a charming guy. And he's, he's pretty you know brash i mean he's he's made himself into a multi-millionaire or maybe billionaire through uh, tech companies that he started but um he talked a lot about ramswamy talked quite a bit about belief in god and and he said that in the early days when his family came here as immigrants and he was born here of course uh he said that um he said it was really tough and they had to work hard to make ends meet and have food and so on. And he said it was the faith, our faith in God that kept us through this. I, I I just want to comment, and I know this isn't going to go over well. I understand that. But frankly, if I, I just need to say certain things. And if I don't, then why am I doing this? But when he's talking about God, he's not talking about the God of the Bible. He's Hindu, unless he's recently gotten saved. He's Hindu. Hindu has a kind of a mix of monotheistic and polytheistic gods. They believe in one god, but they also believe in a polytheistic many gods. It's kind of an elemental thing. I mean, it's a, there are elements in their god idea. The one ultimate reality or the supreme being is Brahman. And the Hindu also, their God also exists simultaneously in deities of the creator, Brahma, and the sustainer, that God, Vishnu, and the destroyer, Shiva. So, I mean, I don't want to get into a theology lesson here today, but keep that in mind. He's a charming guy. I mean, I find him very entertaining and interesting. And maybe America's ready for a Hindu president. But I think 
as believers and having some knowledge of for this nation, how it was started and where it came from. And I know this is a very sensitive subject, but I don't care. We need to give that some considerate thought and prayer as this whole thing, this charade in many respects, plays out over the next year and a half because it is beyond the importance of it is beyond explanation. I mean, we stand at the threshold, this country, in my opinion, and if we don't make the right decisions over the next year and a half, I don't know that there will be the ability to turn it around short of a miracle of God, and God can do all things. God is in control. But we are called to be active and to be involved, to be engaged in the culture, in the work of the Lord. We are his hands, his feet, among our brethren on this planet Earth. So we have to keep in mind, one, in the bigger picture, that God is in control, but that doesn't mean that we are then licensed to just sit back under a tree and, you know, drink a cold Pepsi or whatever. We have to we have to understand that we are also called to be engaged, even though we are not ultimately in control. God has given us that. That is the interesting aspect of God's relationship with his people. So we're called to do the things of the Lord and to work. Work while it is day, because the night is coming when we can't work, and so on. But God is overseeing all of it, but he's called us to be active, to be involved. And if if we don't see a turn in this nation, it's going to be a very, very, I, I think it's going to be very disappointing to those of us who love the country where it can go if we have four more years of what's going on now in this country. We are blaspheming God through this whole transgender nonsense. It's stupid and crazy. I don't know what's the matter with us. I can't believe we've allowed ourselves as a nation to come to this point where doctors are doing it with us doing these surgeries with a straight face because it's a two billion dollar industry this these surgeries the top and bottom surgeries for little boys that say they're girls and little girls that say they're boys and these doctors would say oh yes my my as they stroke their chin and get out their scalpel and it's a two billion dollar industry already and parents are saying oh my little boy is a little girl now and it hurts me so much but I'm gonna affirm them and I'm gonna We've lost our minds, and we've lost our moral compass. We cannot go on like this. And yes, I'm talking about the leadership of this nation. We can't sustain people like we have in office now with that ideology, particularly when they're handicapped by age. Anyway, Fox. I was also disappointed in Fox last night. I had several disappointments, as you can see. and I, I don't want to be negative. I'm just being honest. But Fox aired a commercial for TikTok during, that's ultimately owned. It's owned by a company that's controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Why would they do that? Well, for money. But 
I don't know. It just seemed like a slap in America's face. I mean, we've got our politicians, our elected officials are talking about how to block TikTok because they're they're inspiring kids to commit suicide and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's a brutal website. I, I mean, it's all done in the name of fun. They've brought in the, the head of, of TikTok, this, their CEO, a couple of times and questioned him. And he's going, oh, no, no. He said, no, it's all a misunderstanding. No, we don't do that. Oh, no. We don't want kids to hurt themselves and so on. So Fox runs their, their ad during a presidential debate. Maybe it's just me. I mean, maybe that's fine. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be concerned about it. It just bothered me a little bit. It also bothered me that there were zero questions on election integrity because they were afraid to bring up that subject. Everybody was afraid of it. The candidates were afraid of it. Fox was afraid of it. So they didn't even bring it up. And that's a big, big issue. A former president of the United States is being booked tonight. Mugshot, fingerprints, all of these all of, all of these charges are stacking up against Trump and, and a whole bunch of other people because they really believe that there was tampering, consequential tampering, in the last election with the vote, with the election numbers. I can't see why anybody wouldn't at least believe there was some, if not a lot of it, with all of the pictures in the middle of the night and trucks backing up and unlocking these voting centers and doing whatever they were doing in the dark. I mean, there's just tons of that kind of evidence. I don't know why they didn't address it, but they stayed away from it completely. It's interesting. The Trump Carlson interview, it began, it began streaming on Twitter. I mean, it's formerly called Twitter. It's called X now about five minutes before Fox came on the air live with their debate. The Trump interview was then put on YouTube about, about uh, uh, just within an hour after it had streamed live. And uh, <clears throat> interestingly enough, I looked at the numbers this morning, and the um, Fox had 23 million viewers. In television, that's considered a very, very good night. I mean, that's that's a lot of viewers. 23 million viewers last night watched Fox News live with the debate. Um, Fox averages, I, I looked it up, Fox averages 1.1 million viewers per day over the last quarter. So that gives you a perspective. This was a very big night for Fox in the sense they had 23 million viewers. However... When they put, when they stream, when Tucker Carlson streamed his interview with Trump, and then he put it up on YouTube, within the first 60, uh, first 120 minutes, the first two hours, 80 million people viewed that interview. Just the first two hours. I, I couldn't find exactly what the numbers were this morning. Probably not a lot of people viewed it in the middle of the night. Maybe they did. But they had initially 80 million. I would not be surprised if, it, if the final numbers on that, the viewership, would approach maybe 100 million people. Watch Trump and Carlson sit with open collar and sit in a kind of a rustic-looking place, a kind of place I kind of like, and they uh, talked about the issues. 
It was just a good conversation. I saw the mainstream press, the New York Times, the Post and others, Washington Post and others. This morning, they're trying to knock that down. They're saying, well, it was just much to do about nothing. We didn't learn anything from it and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, it's all beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And there was a lot said in the conversation. And I think it was very helpful. And people obviously were interested. 80 million people within the first two hours that it was up. Tonight, as I said, Trump will surrender in Georgia. He'll be booked. He'll be a mugshot, I have read. And uh, he's supposed to be released on $200,000 bail following that. I don't know, as I said, why they chose not to talk about the border and immigration, but it's killing our country. Joe Biden is so committed to open borders. It is beyond belief of just us ordinary people why he would want to destroy the nation with those kinds of policies. But he is. Well, President Biden's people are trying to lock up former President Trump. His people are at the southern border, have welded the gates, welded the gates open on Trump's wall, that big steel wall that we've seen pictures of. Thousands of illegals are pouring across the Arizona border because there are Every periodically there are gates in that wall and these guys have opened them and welded them open. I don't know if you've heard about this, but that's the latest fiasco on the on the border. A media report reveals that the Biden administration's welded the border, the border wall gates open near Lukeville, Arizona. And there's not one. There's 114 of them that are welded open so nobody can close them. That admission came reportedly after the agency attempted to blame other agencies, the one that did it. But it's all coming down from the administration, his top people, Biden's top people. The New York Post says about 1,400 migrants a day are entering the U.S. through Arizona. Well, the numbers are higher than that, actually. They're making Tucson region of the Border Patrol the busiest in the nation. The Biden administration has tried to explain this away the Border Patrol people are saying that they're providing some background. They said, actually, the, the gates were put in there as storm gates. They're normally kept shut, but they're open during the annual monsoon season, which is happening now and has been in Arizona. It happens every year, this time of the year. But they say the high water flow combined with excessive sediment and debris buildup can stress or compromise the design integrity of the barrier. They said they were trying to protect the wall. There's a lot of people that are saying, no, they weren't. That that doesn't protect the wall. They said if the doors are open, <laughs> this is on the record. They said, and if the doors are open, we're, we can allow a certain variety of antelope to wander between the U.S. and Mexico freely as part of their natural indigenous habitat. Aside from the certain variety of antelope that are more important than the people, apparently, 1,400 migrants a day, 2,000, 3,000 migrants a day. They're coming from China, Egypt, Central, South America, all over the place. They're just flooding into our country. We have not even a pretense now of knowing where they're coming from and who they are. It's amazing. Brandon Judd is the National Border Patrol Union president. He's fuming. He said, those gates should never be opened. He said, in my opinion and in the Border Patrol agent's opinion, that's the guys that have the boots on the ground there that are actually doing the work. 
He said they agree with him. Those gates should never come open. Judd believes the agency higher-ups who made the decision should be hammered for not only allowing illegal immigrants, but endangering the agents' lives. It's true. One guy said, we thought the agents were going to say something to us, an Ecuadorian migrant says, but he said, we just got in. Welcome to America. They don't even know who he is. He's in, along with thousands of others. A Cuban migrant told some press guy, he said, it was so easy to get into the United States. He said, nothing like our trip through Mexico. He said, that part was difficult. But he said, I thought there was going to be more security when I got to the U.S. border. There was nothing. They just walked in. They're now among us. We don't know who they are. Maybe they're wonderful people. Maybe they're killers, crooks, violent people. When there's a famine, a flood, a drought, or a war, the first to arrive on the scene is almost always the people of the United States. Our agencies, whether it's Red Cross or Franklin Graham, which I prefer, and his Samaritan's Purse, we are there. Charity is part of our country's heritage, Christian heritage, and a belief system. Charity is defined by the heart, compassion by the motives. It's not the act of someone forcing someone else to give away what they have to a designated recipient, nor an act intended to appear compassionate, but a guise for something else. It's like enhancing political power or personal enrichment. That's what we have going on today. Our government is acting more like Robin Hood than Christ. It's not how we were founded. It's not our fundamental belief still in America. Our government has lost its way. It's well known that the left looks at every act from the point of view of how it will help or hurt their political and social agenda. Biden's open borders are the stuff George Soros is spending his fortune to facilitate. His goal is globalism. I don't know what Joe Biden wants. He wants money for his family. We know that. It's also creating an ever-growing block of leftist voters. Maybe that's it, at least in the minds of the elite who are now in power. But even some of the migrants coming over are saying, well, I don't think I can vote for them. He's talking about mandatory tax payments to the government, our federal taxes, and he's forcing us to pay for his schemes. That isn't charity. That isn't compassion. Recently, the president announced that all the residents of Maui are going to receive a $700 check. Yet illegals who cross our border get $900 each and several thousand dollars in other benefits and ongoing welfare benefits. The Christian Science Monitor reports that uh, in a survey this week, they said as the debate around immigration, a wall along the Mexican border and migrant amnesty spills into the general election, which Fox did not allow it to spill into the federal election last night. A study released Monday, a think tank aims to reduce immigration estimates that immigration households receive 41% more federal welfare than households headed by native-born citizens. That's what's going on here. And what they're doing is not Christian and it's not biblical. And yet they put it off as compassion, Christianity, and so on. It's about $2,000 difference what a citizen who needs help and what an illegal who needs help. 
that isn't God's way and it should not be our way. I have more to say, but we're out of time. Thanks for being with me today and thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399 Bellevue, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.